0: Hey there, welcome to DSR, Dating Sex Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Donovan, and this is a show where we look at dating, sex, and relationships in a way that translates to results. We're always looking for the truth from many, many different perspectives, different experts, people who are experienced. And we definitely got something new and unusual today to talk about. But before I get into that, Some quick news about a new download we have on the site for you. I've been working in the dating, sex and relationships advice industry, as you may know, for about 15 years now. And over that time, I've picked up the advice. I've spoken to hundreds of experts in in interviews on this podcast and elsewhere. On DatingSkillsReview.com, we have reviewed hundreds and hundreds of programs, literally over the six years of its existence since 2009. So I sat down with one of our expert editors, Jackson Hunter, a little while ago, and we recorded a 90 minute long audio talking about what we thought was the top advice of all time, who the top experts are, what advice is the best advice out there for each aspect of the dating, sex and relationships lifestyle life game, if you want to call it that. And this is something you'll find really, really useful. It really is 15 years of experience wrapped up into just 90 minutes. And it's a great place to start, especially if you're new to this podcast. So you can go and download that audio. Go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash get top 13. 13 is in numbers. So get top 13. I'd also like to say a couple of thank yous for iTunes reviews that you guys have been putting up. Just the other day, Maya Domi gave us a five-star review on December 2nd, 2015. And he says, really high value podcast, a great resource, unlike anything else I've found so far. So many perspectives all in one place. Keep it up. Thanks, Meya We'll try to do that. Another one here. This one is from TM68, five stars. Saved My Marriage is the title. And this guy is from the United Kingdom, where I am currently. So it's cool to see that. He says, this is not so much about picking up women. This is a toolbox of how to be a man, the man you want to be. I have learned so much, been introduced to new ways of thinking, have seen my confidence grow from simply doing as Angel suggests, picking one thing per episode and applying it to my life. Yes, I did buy one of his guest's books, No More Mr. Nice Guy, but for this podcast, I would not have even known of the concept. I'm becoming the man I want to be, I am being the man my wife wanted, and as a result, I have brought back the marriage I want from the brink and I'm discovering happiness. Simply put, thank you, Angel. I really, really appreciate this type of feedback. When people are getting satisfaction, happiness, that is the real end goal. And yes, it is a journey of how to become a better man. You may have noticed that I've changed the logo for the podcast just recently. Some of you wrote in asking me to do so. So I finally got around to it. And I think it's looking a bit better. You can tell me how that's looking and if that's a bit more suitable. I know it's a bit more discreet for you guys when you're in the gym. You don't want the the big dating sex relationships flashing on your phone. And I totally get that. Um, And really, this podcast has morphed into something which is more about becoming a better man. We're just focused on these areas of dating, sex, and relationships. But you'll see how once you've basically got the code to improve your life in these areas, it really does start to spread to the rest of your life. For those of you who haven't yet given us a review and you listen to us constantly, please go and give us an iTunes review. It really, really helps to get us in the rankings. And that means that more people hear about us and it makes it easier for us to do our work because the larger the audience we have, uh, the more resources we have basically to put towards all of this. So it makes it easier for us to bring you more and more cool stuff. Now let's talk about what we're going to do today. So we're going to get pretty damn freaky. If you ever wondered what people get up to in BDSM, bondage, domination, sadist, masochist, today is where you're going to learn about how it all goes down. We're going to be looking into many, many more sexual fantasies and fetishes and kinks. It is probably going to surprise some of you and for some of you it's going to be really damn shocking. So Not all of you today are going to be taking some immediate take-homes. You know, maybe the kink, the BDSM area doesn't interest you as much. However, this is an interesting topic for everyone because there is a part of every woman's mind that is interested in this. And since Fifty Shades of Grey came out, there's a lot more women who are exploring this side of their lives and are interested in it. So potentially your girlfriend or the next girl that you're going to be with has this part of her mind and she's interested in this. Interested in kink, she has her own little fantasies, And if you reject that, if you kind of stick to the norms and you don't feel comfortable with those kinds of desires, or maybe you feel a bit judgmental about them, and you may project that judgment on her when she brings them up or when it comes up at some time, that doesn't help the relationship. It doesn't build trust. And it definitely doesn't help to help you to explore your sexuality and for her to feel comfortable in her sexuality. So this is a great episode, and I'd also like to recommend a book to accompany this episode. It's not a book from today's guest, in fact. It's just a book that I think goes well with today's topic that I've read recently. It's called A Billion Wicked Thoughts. What the world's largest experiment reveals about human desire. Why this book is really cool is it really goes into the nit and gritty of what people's real desires are. If you think about it, a lot of research is biased. Even when we have like academics on here, often they're using surveys. And as we know, people aren't always 100% truthful in a lot of these surveys because they're embarrassed, even when it's anonymous. This book is about the one source of information we can trust a bit more. That is the internet and what people search for. A Billion Wicked forts has captured what people are searching for online and all of the types of communities and websites that have sprung up to serve this demand. So it really looks at the reality of what people's sexual desires are, both men and women. So it's really educational. It's it's quite detailed and uh, tough to get through. So maybe you'll just want to stick to this episode instead. But for those of you who like more detail and to really explore topics and this topic in general, I'd really recommend it. It's a bit of an eye opener. So today's guest is John Baku. He launched FetLife.com in January 2008. Now FetLife, if you don't know what it is, I mean, not a lot of people do. It is basically the Facebook of BDSM fetish and kink and alternative sexual expression. So it has a home for pretty much any sexual desire on this site. And it's not a dating site. It's not like OkCupid or Match.com or anything like that. It's not set up to specifically provide you a dating service. It's a social network for people to talk about these topics, for for them to explore their sexuality. And of course, dating can come as a side effect of that. So Facebook really is a good anecdote for what this is. It's You use it pretty much the same way as you would Facebook groups and so on. John talks today about everything that there is in FetLife and how it has evolved over time, why it came into being, and perhaps most interesting for you guys, the different demographics and the interests that you'll find inside FetLife. And if you feel that some of the sexual expression that is discussed today, the ones that are a bit more on the fringes versus the standard norm, you may find that it's useful to go to fetlife.com and start exploring that and talking with people there. As usual, to get all of the details of today's interview in an easy, done for you format with the transcript and the links to everything we mention, you can go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash podcast and pick out the episode there. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex and relationships. To become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned. Chase down every expert, role model and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information. So that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step. Episode by episode. John, thank you so much for joining the show. Well, thank you for having me. Great. So let's just jump straight in here. What is, if you could give a quick overview of what FetLife is from your perspective?
1: I mean, the really the easiest way to explain it to somebody is Facebook for the kinky community. So a lot of the features you will find on Facebook, or or what Facebook does as a social network, it's really just it's just like a niche social network.
0: Great, great. But in terms of fetish or the fetish community, we have spoken about this kind of stuff before, but to give it some broad strokes, what are you talking about there?
1: I try not to use the word fetish anymore. I've slowly been moving towards using the word kinky or kink. I don't look down on anybody who does use it. It just sometimes for some people, the word fetish invokes like, oh, this person must be sick because they have a fetish. So to me, they're, they're more like kinks, things that turn you on.
0: You bring up a good point. It's just that I'm not as familiar with the language as you in that a fetish isn't the best name for this kind of stuff. When I'm thinking about it, it does kind of have a negative derogatory sense. Right. I think people start thinking of, like, I don't know, guys wearing pampers and more extreme stuff, uh, should we say, and, and not the norm. So when you say kink, would you say that's the more uh, acceptable word and that's the more common word used for this kind of stuff today? Or is it kind of the cool, the cool word, like that's what the cool kids call it?
1: <laughs> I wish I knew what the cool kids did. I don't know what the hipsters call it. But yeah, no, I tend to use the word kinky just because it just doesn't bring uh, negative uh, connotations. But it is all-encompassing. So there are, it still includes people who are into ABDL, which is adult baby diaper lovers. Well, wow, I hope I got that one right. And uh, I never, I never, ever, ever asked anybody if that's what it truly meant. But I'm almost 100% sure that's what it means. It's just when I think fetish, I think, if, you know, if you watch TV shows, like some of these documentaries like Always like, oh, this person has a fetish. They make love to their car, and they have to do it sixteen times a day. And they bring a psychologist in to try to help this person. By using the word kink, we're we're trying to remove that that the person needs to do it as opposed to like this is something that they really just enjoy doing.
0: Cool, cool, very cool. So we were just talking a second ago about why this came into being for you, and I felt that was very important. The point you made. So why did you bring Fit Life into the world? What do you think is serving in terms of people's needs?
1: I couldn't tell you what needs that it serves, uh, but I know why I started it. Because for each person, it's different. Uh, so why I started it was because I never wanted anybody to feel uncomfortable with who they were sexually. I felt very uncomfortable with who I was sexually my whole life. I still do. I really don't think I'll ever go get get over it, nor, to be honest, do I ever want to get over it. I'm afraid if I do get over it, that my desire to keep on pushing Life forward will, uh, will disappear. Not to get too personal, but it's kind of like happiness. I'm not big into happiness for myself because not being happy drives me more than being happy. As soon as I'm happy, I can sit on the couch and watch TV all day. When I'm not happy, I can work all day. So it's too much happiness is not a good thing. At least for me, I know what drives me. I know what works for me. So yes, fat life was just a culmination of my whole life story. My father was a famous hairstylist. I grew up uh, in his uh, hair salon. It was the largest hairdressing salon in Montreal at the time. And the majority of his friends and co-workers were gay. This was the 80s. I was 10 years old. I was very curious. I was listening to their stories, listening to them talk. And um, from listening to their stories of not feeling normal, from my own stories of feeling alone and feeling like, oh, my God, I'm, something must be screwed up. Because I come from a traditional Greek background where you respect and love the woman, which which I still believe you should too, but uh, why would you ever want to, to hurt or spank or degrade or, or do any of these things to somebody that you love? It didn't make sense in my head, even if two consensual people wanted to do it. But in my head, I was the only person at the age of 12, 13, 14 years old, who ever would want these things. When I was that age, it was even before the internet. I think I had a 300-baud modem, and I was connecting to BBSs back in the day to try to download you know, ASCII games. Um, so the resources weren't there. And then as I got older, I went to IRC and I was like, oh, my God, there's other people just like me here. And then I would I signed up to alt.com and I was like, OK, you know, it brings a bunch of people who are kinky together. But I feel that they what all they want to do is take advantage of us. And I was like, wow. These. Who wanted to take advantage? I was looking at alt.com. So they were like the leading alternative dating site on the Internet. They're owned by adult friend finder and I joined the site, and I didn't feel better with who I was. I I just felt like, ah, there's something wrong with me, and these people are taking advantage of me. They're taking advantage of people with kinks. They're not making people feel good about who they are.
0: It was more like they were exploiting a niche, a market, rather than helping you guys connect. So I guess it was a paid service. Yeah,
1: it still is a paid service. If there's other people on the site, there's other people, like basically it's a dating site, but if you want to contact somebody, if you want to search somebody, if you want to send a message, receive a message, I can't remember exactly the details, but basically communicating between members was not possible unless you you were a paid member. And, and like the membership was not $5 a month like FetLife. It was like, was it $30 a month?
0: All right. So it's always good to hear people's stories, uh, which you've just given us, because as for me, I've often commented on the podcast myself. It's like I kind of had to hit bottom in this area before I took action. So it's also interesting that you said like happiness doesn't often motivate you. It's like the other stuff that motivates you, gets you going, gets you working, and I guess that's where fet life came from, which is like your frustration, your your loneliness. How did the vision come to you like one day, or was it a particular event where you you know maybe you had to leave a girlfriend or something that you kind of really hit bottom and I'm not saying this to rub it in, but just to, often people on this podcast are listening, and sometimes they're not in good places, and they don't realize that it's a powerful thing to hit bottom.
1: I have a bunch of stories like that, so <sighs> Uh, not in chronological order or any specific order, but a, a year after I started Life, I almost closed Life because I was dating a girl, I was in love. Um, her father, I guess, didn't know what I did, which definitely didn't know what I did. He was a very prominent member, I had a very, very high position, and they found out what I did for a living and basically said, you have 24 hours to kick John out of the house or we'll disown you and never speak to you again. So I was like, this is horrible. And after about 18 hours, I left the house, never spoke to her again. I was living in Nova Scotia at the time, drove back to Montreal, I guess it's 16 hours away. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Is this going to be like this?
0: So you never spoke to her again? No. Wow. So she never contacted you, you never contacted her?
1: I tried contacting her. Uh, I tried to make it work, but it was basically, don't talk to me. From what I understand, uh, he's disowned another daughter or another son or another family member for another reason. I, I don't know the full story. And uh, this guy was legit. And uh, he wasn't like my father saying, oh, I'm mad at you, but he's not really mad. It was like, yeah, I'm really going to disown you. And I almost pulled the plug on FetLife. I, went to, I, came, I was working at Life full time. I came back to Montreal. I got a part-time job as a director of uh, user experience at a startup. My boss at the time, he was, uh, he would always ask me questions about FetLife. And uh, I was like, you know what, man, I, I think I'm just going to close the site. I think that is going to cause me too much troubles in my life. I think I'll just do something else.
0: How many users members did it have at that time, roughly?
1: Probably uh, 100,000, 200,000.
0: Pretty big deal. And, uh, I guess, yeah. At that time, what, what sorry, what, what year were...
1: No, no, I wasn't getting any negative press. It was very, very positive. It was very positive. And uh, my, my boss at the time, he took me out for, uh, for coffee and he's like, let me tell you a story of my father and uh, maybe this will help you. And I'm like, OK. He's like, have you ever heard of the day after pill? I'm like, of course I have. He's like, my father invented it. He's like, when I was a child, my father had uh, seven or eight bodyguards full time, full time. He's like, he wasn't allowed in like eight or nine countries and we were getting death threats all the time. And I was like, did you love your father any less? He's like, absolutely not. My dad was doing the right thing. And that's all that mattered. He explained to me what he was doing and why he was doing it. And then I was like, oh, wow. People's perceptions change. And as long as people know why you're doing it, and if you're doing it for all the right reasons, your family will still love you. And the people who matter will still stay in your life. So the next day I call him up, and like, I quit. And he's like, why? I'm going back to work. He's like, but I didn't tell you the story to quit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you the story to quit. And I was like, but but I got to do this. It's my life's work and, and I, I got to stay with it. And uh, I was afraid that my whoever I decided to marry or who I fell in love with would, would never be able to love me. I felt my kids would hate me when all of a sudden you know, your world's turned upside down you're just like well if all these things could quickly happen because of like your life's choices and because not everybody you know uh society is not ready for for what you do or or part of society is not ready for you for what you do they'll have large consequences on your on your family i couldn't live with that and then once i spoke to to this this my, my my old boss i was like no the people who matter will understand why i'm doing it they might not be able to it might not be for them but but if they love you and and they understand why you're doing it, then everything's going to be okay, and that the the positive outweighs the negative.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of lessons there for the way people run their lives in in general. You're not going to have everyone love everything you do. That's just the way it is. If you if you want to go and live your life, you're going to have to break a few eggs here and there.
1: Yeah, but that's unfortunate because like for me, my happiness comes from making other people happy, and I always was the type of person that tried to make everybody happy. But there's always There's a huge separation between not huge. I'm using the wrong word, but but making everybody happy and doing the right thing, they're usually not aligned. So it's a it's a constant struggle.
0: That's true, and people are made happy by different things, right? And sometimes it's more for their reasons than yours. You you doing a certain thing is going to make them happy, but it's really got nothing to do with you. A lot of the time, it's more about them. So I think people have to realize that, and you got to do your thing and just because people can have hangups about it, it's, it's really their issue a lot of the time, in a lot of cases. So I wanted to talk a, a bit more about FetLife and how it has grown over the years. Did it start off as a you know, very small community? How did it spark into life and how has it changed over time?
1: Yeah, FetLife has grown 100% word of mouth. We've never advertised, we've never bought an ad. It was purely you know when I first launched, I gave myself three months to launch FetLife, uh, working part-time at night. I launched it on January 3rd, 2008. It would have went out January 1st, but I, I'm horrible when it comes to servers. So it took me three days to get the server up and running. That's not bad. <laughs> I've experienced server stuff. That's not too bad. <laughs> it probably should have been only five minutes. But it wasn't my cup of tea or, or my uh, roadhouse. So it took me three days to, to, to get it launched. I think I had 50 people that I messaged saying, hey, this is up. Please give me your feedback. And it kind of spawned from there. It was like one member another member, and then another member. At first, it was very, very, it just trickled. It just trickled. And eventually, you know, it took off in one city because a bunch of people were talking and then went to another city. It was a slow, but uh, but I have no complaints, really. How many members are there today? Uh, there's over 4 million. Yeah, very cool. So I wanted to explore
0: what really the population is here. In, in terms of kink, what would you say... Are there like there's subcommunities within this thing, and some of them are larger than others? Could you give us kind of like your perspective of what it's made up of in terms of people and their interests?
1: Oh boy, uh, that's a big question. So yes, uh, FetLife consists of a bunch of subcommunities, and even those subcommunities are broken down into other subcommunities. So so it's really like. Location based. So if you're in Vancouver, well, I'm in Vancouver. So if I'm in Vancouver, like I, I'm part of like the Vancouver community. But if I'm into ABDL or Korean or traditional master slave relationship or spanking or whatever it is, I'm also part of those communities, more global communities. And so you really consist of like your, your, the things that you're into and uh, your location. And when it comes to like, which ones are the biggest ones, I, I really can't tell you other than anything that has to do with geek, geekness, nerd, nerdiness, always seems to be the most popular thing on Life.
0: Yeah, I noticed I did a little bit of investigation into it. I looked at that category. So there's a whole bunch of kind of interests, right? with have different numbers of members attached to them. And the geek one was right at the top. I mean, it was geek and nerds or, or something. And I felt like it was like just kind of everyone joining in there and everyone felt like they were a geek. Or is that
1: not so? Is it? Is it? There's a real cross section between geeks and kink. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why it is, but there's a huge cross section. Right,
0: there's right. Huge- so when we're talking about geeks, it's people. I, I actually don't know what a stereotype of geek is these days. Um, even though I used to use this word a lot when I was a teenager. So uh, is it like people who are into Dungeons and Dragons, you are into Comic Con? Like uh, what else is there?
1: Computer programming, uh, arts. Uh, you can geek on anything, right? So it could be like, your know, role-playing games. It could be Jedi Knight stuff. It could be like sports trivia. It could really be old school games, video games. It's just people who like really get into things and, and really understand them deeply.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Because kink is like getting involved, you know, kind of in your sexuality to a more individual, uh, independent level. Also, it's kind of standing out there. I'm a fan of this particular thing rather than just sticking with the traditional model. So, all right, here's so many other categories that I was looking at. So the next, the the biggest one after Geeks was uh, submissive women, 108. No, it's tied with uh, Kirby women and people who love them.
1: Yeah, so those are groups. So it says a lot less uh, about what people are into and more about the groups and how people get together, like what they get together. Like if we look at the list of fetishes and the most popular fetishes, the number one most popular fetish is, is bondage. I'll read out the top twenty most most popular fetishes: so bondage, oral sex, spanking, hair pulling, anal sex, blindfolds, biting, talking dirty, handcuffs, discipline, lingerie, collar, lead, leash, ass play, toys, candle wax. This is always weird when you say it out loud. Not just candle wax, but everything: uh, <laughs> masturbation, master slave, role play, mutual masturbation, sex in public. And don't forget, I'm so used to typing everything, so when I hear it out loud, it's, it's, it's
0: yeah. Yeah, so there's, none of that sounds that crazy, to be quite honest. I think, well, there was the lead and leash one that stuck out for me a little bit more. Is it, did you say lead and leash? So like someone, yeah, someone's wearing a collar, dog kind of...
1: Yeah, uh, collar and lead leash, yeah. That's
0: a little bit more unusual. But since Fifty Shades of Grey has come out, like BDSM has become relatively kind of popular these days, I'd even say. There's so many articles around the internet about it. I kind of feel like all, most 20-year-olds are thinking about experimenting in this area. I don't know if you've seen something like that in fit life that you think it's got more popular on, among the younger generations since they've been exposed to Fifty Shades of Grey and things like this.
1: There is a difference between people who, who do this in the bedroom and people who join a community for this. So I think there's a large percentage of people who are kinky, who experiment with different kinks, um, and there's only a small subset of that that, that want to join a community for it or specifically want to find somebody who's into these things.
0: So that kind of goes back to the geek part of it. It might be a benefit for you if you kind of like to geek out a bit about it a bit more. Is it because, let's talk about some of the other things people get onto in here. Is it because they like to talk about it? Is it some ways they're participating in this community that that's meaningful for them? I mean, what kind of goes on in here? Are they having conversations about it? Are they saying are they talking about, for instance, humiliation, like, and, and what are good ways to, to do it? What are bad ways? What kind of, what are good guidelines? Because I know when we talk to people, like in the polyamory community, or in the swinger community, they tend to have these kind of rough guidelines, these kind of cultural tribal rules that have been set up around them for it to go well, for for people to be happy, for it to work out right. well. And I'm just wondering if, if you have those kind of things floating around in, in FetLife, and maybe there's different areas of the site where they have these different guidelines getting established or is that how they geek out about it?
1: There's different types of people that use FetLife differently. So kind of the the most popular way to use FetLife or the most common is, is really just to be social, to keep in touch with your friends between events. Or, you know, you really like to have intellectual discussions about things. So you have intellectual discussions or or try to learn new things, see what upcoming events are coming up, see who's going to those events. There's so many different types of of people that join FetLife for different reasons. There are some people who are purely, purely want to participate in the intellectual discussions about anything. It could be kink, it could be politics, it could be sports. There's a good amount of people who, who join FetLife, join the groups on FetLife to, to discuss things. And the groups on FetLife are not just about kink, but they could be about anything. It could, you know, there's one for remote control cars, there's one for for football. There's Kinky and Geeky, which is basically like geeky stuff, uh, uh, geeky stuff. Like, for instance, if I was to go to Kinky and Geeky and I was to, you know, talk about like the the top 10 threads that are happening right now, it's music nerds here, question mark. What happened to the vamps? What are you Netflix binge watching now? Turbo Kid opens Friday. Anyone excited? I have no clue what Turbo Kid is.
0: Well, it sounds like a Facebook or a forum where people have a common interest. So they're bonding on all sorts of topics, like just everyday topics. It's like, what are you watching? You're watching uh, like True Blood these days because they feel this connection through the Life community, which is more unique than if they say say went on Facebook or somewhere a lot more general.
1: It's more like you feel comfortable around people who like-minded people. You feel more comfortable. You can be your true self. Uh, without being judged, a lot of people come here to, to feel like home. FetLife is home to many people. And uh, I'm very proud of the fact that we can offer a home to people who don't feel like they have a home anywhere else or, or in some of these cases have a home at three different places but need the Life home to satisfy one part of themselves.
0: So can we give them people a bit of a perspective of what kinds of things they should... I mean, so we send in general terms... If you feel like your sexuality is a bit more different to what you come across in mainstream society, it's probably worth checking fit Life out potentially to see if there's um, stuff you're interested in. But some of the stuff, I have to admit, like I'm, I'm not actually sure. I haven't got obviously into this stuff. I've interviewed a few people about it, so I'm not that aware myself about a lot of it. And um, I think some people, if they're just uh, stepping in here for the first time, they're probably going to see a bunch of stuff that they they're not really sure what it is. Is my point. Sure. There's these things like uh, gas masks. I'm guessing that's sex with gas masks. Dacrophilia. Isn't that
1: tears? Dacrophilia.
0: Right. So, I mean, I guess the point is that people can create anything they want in there. So, you might not even know it because it's just grown organically.
1: Right. You know, we, yeah, we have over 500,000 fetishes. Uh, some of them are more serious than others. Uh, but, uh, but basically, Fet Life is for anybody who wants to be part, wants to, wants to come across people like them so that they don't feel alone, so that they can be like, wow, you know, there's another person like that out there and get to know them. It's not specifically for dating. I always refer to FetLife as an anti-dating site, which makes it the best possible dating site. I go to a coffee shop and and I might go 20 times, but every time I, I walk into the coffee shop, I don't go in the door and say, okay, is there any women between this age and this age or this breast size who lives within two kilometers from me? who likes anal sex every second Tuesday. You'll go into the coffee shop and you'll go do your reading. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I'm into blondes, but there's a brunette there. You know, I'm into, uh, I'm into small breasts, but she has big breasts, but there's something about her smile that just totally catches me. I really want to get to know her. And, and you, you strike up a conversation. That's fat life. Fat life is modeled after the real world. And I believe you'll create more more meaningful relationships that way. And I believe if you have the the patience and the energy, you more quickly find somebody that you'd like to spend the rest of your life with. I mean, if that's what you that's what you want. I say spend the rest of your life because that's my belief system. But you know,
0: is it more based on personality and interests? Like I took a quick look, and I, I felt like uh, there's not a lot of photos in there. Right, people aren't putting their their photos up it's more like uh kind of anonymous in in that kind of term or do people put a lot of photos and i just i wasn't sure if they were real photos or they were just um people used to put on myspace they put a bunch of photos right but you never know if they're really real or they're just photos they're putting up
1: i think one of the things that we're very proud of at fetlife is that we have some of the most original content out and we have some of the most strictest copyright rules so if somebody posts a picture and it's reported to us and we're not convinced that it's a picture of them we'll email them is this picture of you or by you and if it's not please take it down otherwise we'll remove it oh great okay so it is it is pretty uh real of course except for the memes the memes is kind of that that accepted thing on the internet that you know is not a person it's just a meme that you see everybody everywhere else but we have pretty strict rules when it comes to that stuff now there's some people wish we were even stricter but i'm not even sure how we could possibly do that but uh, yeah, we're really proud of the quality of, uh, of the content on FetLife. It's the most unique stuff you won't find anywhere. Um. So yeah,
0: there are there alternatives? You mentioned that Zolt.com, which is a different paid site, which is kind of similar. Are there other ones that are around similar to FetLife or is, it, or is there not much ground for this? There's a
1: couple small sites out there that didn't really take off. Alt is the old stalwart. Uh, you know, my big goal was to, to beat them. Uh, we beat them a long time ago when it came to, uh, to traffic and visitors. When I was working in a digital agency, I was always I was told by, by my boss at the time that you always pick a fight. So when I started this site, I, I picked a fight against Alt because they were the biggest. And uh, we beat them with respect to traffic. And, and now the, the only sites that I really look up to is Facebook and Twitter. I think both those sites are amazing sites. I think they do a great job. They have some very smart people that work at those uh, companies. And uh, I aspire to being as good as them so we can bring the quality of a, a top vanilla site for, for the kinky community.
0: This kind of goes back to one of the questions I asked before. Is Have the fetishes that are popular changed over time? Is there a fashion in fetishes that you've seen?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a... Uh, sure, there's certain things that come in and out of fashion. I think G strings were really popular back back in the 2000s, and I, I think uh, I think booty shorts are popular now. But I think that's more just general. Uh, I don't think those are fetishes. I'm sure that there are certain fetishes that people are more excited about, and they go in and out. But it's not like all of a sudden you know nobody wants anal sex anymore. It's just maybe a couple of years ago anal sex was like the thing that everybody wanted to try, and now it's now like not the the big thing that everybody's shooting for. It might be something else. I couldn't tell you the, the trends. I think we'd probably have to use Google Trends to see what the trends are. <laughs> that would fetishes. be
0: interesting. Yeah. Well, that's very general. Though. That's kind of like um, mass curiosity rather than what the people are actually doing in FetLife or at home for that matter. Okay, I'd like to go through some more of these uh, fetishes just to point them out because like, there might be people in the audience who are like, oh, that sounds like me. Um, so it's fine if you don't know what some of these are.
1: Objectification. Oh, I will botch that one. I know what it is, but I don't know how to explain it.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Is it a little bit like, is it like humiliation?
1: Is, I mean, which is another one here? Okay. Degrade to the status of a mere object. I always open my Apple dictionary. It's like my number one app I use every day. But yeah, so degrade to the status of a mere object. A Deeply sexist attitude that objectifies. Okay. No, that's not it. But degrade to the status of a mere object. So, like, you're just like, yeah, I don't look at you as a human. I just look at you as somebody who satisfies me. I just look at you as a, a quote-unquote whole
0: Right. And to be clear, there's people on both sides of this equation, right? There's the people who like to be objectified and there's the other ones who get, get off on that. That's right. Yeah. So, also, like, one of the groups is called... Sluts, cunts, and whores, right? And these are, <laughs> you got cool group names. Who designed those?
1: Uh, it's not us. Every single group, I, the members, when I first started like we're all like, oh, we want forums, we want forums. I'm like, hells no, are we going to have a forum? Because my full-time job will become moderation. And then after uh, a bunch of weeks of being constantly harassed, I was like, you know what? Maybe we can do groups where each person creates their own forum and you moderate your own forum the way you like to. And this way we don't have... I don't have to deal with
0: it. Right. And whatever becomes popular becomes popular. And, and sluts, constant and whores is one of the most popular. And it might be just because it sounds cool. But again, there's women or guys who like to be sluts and, and the opposite way around, right? People who like to get with sluts. And, so, and then there's a, the next one up is submissive men and women who love them. Yeah. So that's interesting. That that's like submissive men, obviously, um, and submissive women. That seems like a kind of big interest areas or to meet up. Like you said, groups are usually used as ways to branch out to meeting people more
1: than the interests or is the groups are more to have conversations about a subject in these groups, you know, like for instance, the groups that you mentioned have over a hundred thousand members, if I remember correctly. And yes, there could be some people in your area, but it's more of like just to discuss this subject with people who are also the same things as you, not necessarily who are near you.
0: Great i mean, also like I mean, submissive is is kind of a subtle word. Is it pretty general? Because we talked about like say um, BDSM and domination, but is submissive a little, a little subtle? There, it's because I would say some of my ex girlfriends were relatively submissive, for
1: instance. What do you mean by subtle? You mean like it's um...
0: well because like okay, so they always let you they always let you do what you want to do. They kind of you're the leader. There's lots of couples in the world like this. I think you know there's lots of couples where one side is kind of the leader and the other ones uh, the submissive side or is it a bit yeah. more extreme than that you would say
1: it's a shades of gray so and not 50 shades oh boy <laughs> it's uh it's really shades of gray there's some people who are just like yeah i'm very strong i'm a very strong man i'm a ceo i'm not talking about me but talk about just a hypothetical i'm a director i'm a ceo i all day every day i, I lead people and then when i get into the bedroom i, I just want to be i want to be submissive um And it could be very, very subtle to just like, hey, just take a little bit of control in the bedroom and I like making you happy to to much more elaborate scenes. There's no right and there's no wrong and it's just whatever's right for you and finding somebody you can enjoy that who can get into the same thing you're into and respect your boundaries who just wants to make you happy. At the end of the day, both partners have to be submissive or dominant. You still need to care about the other person to make them happy
0: yeah it's just I the mean. boundaries are set in different places not on different things
1: yeah even the most extreme people in the community who will say who will do some of the things that will, will really shock people I, I truly believe deep down inside that they, they really do care about the other person yeah and if they truly don't care whatsoever and have not one care in the world there there might be some medical <laughs> there might there might be some medical issue there but I think everybody cares about or, or has some level of empathy for for other people and, and wants to make them happy. Okay, cool. Um, a couple of hours. Age play. Playing different ages. So, like, I like to be a seven-year-old grandfather, or I like to be uh, ten years old, reminding myself what it was to to be ten years old. Cool. Yeah, that sounds
0: very much like what it what it is. Interesting. I mean, there's some there's some some kind of fantasy stuff. I'd say like kidnapping role play. That seems really popular, which kind of surprised me because it, I mean, it seems like a specific fantasy there.
1: Oh, it's very popular. Kidnapping, uh, role play, rape role play. These are very, very popular uh, fetishes or kinks, sorry.
0: Great. Okay. So kind of taking a step back here, I'm, I'm sure people kind of go through a journey when they start, like when, they, when they're at home, they probably have a few ideas about ways in which they enjoy sex or, or their sexual interests are kind of different. Once they get involved in the fit life community, do they change? Do they kind of evolve? Do they mature? Do they like spread out and explore different? Is there a typical journey or, or things that you've seen over time that you could say, oh, that, that's like, if someone joins this community, this might be the outcome. They're like, they might be getting this or like this over the years, or they might get, get this out of it in the long term.
1: There's no right and wrong. And there's no, what I suggest for every single person who joins the site is, is trust your gut and only do what you're comfortable doing. So if somebody else turns around to you and says, yeah, but now you're part of this community, you need to do this. If your gut tells you no, don't do it. Yes, there's a lot of people who join the community, even myself, when I joined the community, where I'm like, yeah, I I just, I like this. And then as I was more introduced to more and more things, I became more comfortable with it and I pushed it harder. This is no different than from sports where I first started lifting like a five-pound dumbbell, and they're like, ooh, I can lift five pounds. I go to 10 pounds and 15 pounds and 20 pounds. And there's some people who stop at 20 pounds, and they're like, you know what? I like this 20 pounds. It makes me feel good. I feel comfortable with it. It gives me what I need in my life. And there's some people who become power lifters and every single time try to to beat their max. And I think that exists in uh, kink, too.
0: That's a good analogy, yeah. And you're right, it happens in every area of life like people keep exploring again different exercises different weights and so on as we're here for, for men and women is there are there differences in the community do you see like anything interesting there in terms of the typical journey of a guy versus a woman there
1: i mean first thing is is there's a lot of different genders right okay you can you can you can explain that but I, I wish i could i like i like to tell people i'm just some i'm some white straight guy like what do i know there's a, the majority of people who, who work at FetLife who, who don't typically associate as a white, straight male. And uh, there are multiple genders. There's what you associate, that you have more feminine tendencies or more masculine tendencies. You know, even if you were born as a male or a female, I'm, I'm scared to say anything because I feel like I'm going to get uh, in trouble for whatever I say. But, yeah, there's many different genders. This is no different than your sexuality. Uh, be a dominant, submissive, male, female gender queer gender fluid transsexual cross dresser whatever it's being who you feel most comfortable and, uh, and other people accepting you for who you are great great thank you
0: okay so i wanted to uh, get into some practical stuff if uh, some people at home are saying thinking hmm there's some stuff here that speaks to me for this this might might help me out some way make me feel more comfortable with myself how should someone take the first steps? Like, well, our audience is mostly guys. I know there are girls also that uh, listen in. Um, but how would you suggest say take the first steps in FetLife? What's a good way to get involved?
1: Don't join FetLife. I like the ratio of men to female, The females to males on FetLife. Uh, well, so what is the
0: ratio? <laughs> Do you know that? Is it like 50-50? Or? The
1: ratio of active active people is it's almost 50-50. That's pretty incredible because so, most sites are male-dominated. Yeah, no, FetLife was, was designed for women in mind. We make it very difficult for men. And they're just like, <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> you know, you can only message a certain amount of people that you're not friends with in a certain period of time. Uh, so if you want to write a form letter and perfect your form letter and then blast it out to a thousand people, you can pay me whatever to, to be able to do that. That's not how you meet people. You go into a bar, the most amount of people that you could speak to in a night or amount of women that you can pick up or, or a people of any gender, max eight people are going to start making fun of you at eight anyways so uh that's one thing not being able to search specifically about a person and you have to work for it men don't like to work for it i think they're lazy in general i know that's a generalization but um life is made uh, more with women in mind so yeah to answer your question though men or women there's no right and there's no wrong uh, it's more about being consensual and respecting people so when you do join the site if you're more of the apprehensive type, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know what I, I, I'm into. I really don't know if I want to try these things out, or that just wants to keep them in my head," don't push it. Just just try things when you're ready. If there's somebody who's interesting that that wants to meet you, but you're not ready, don't meet them. Take your time. People's guts usually are dead on, and uh, and and go at your own pace. Everything's about respect, consensual no matter how crazy certain things might appear to you they most likely are consensual and if they're not then then if, we're, if they're important to us we're going to do something about it so come in read a lot be a lurker and then when it's time for you to feel comfortable then participate
0: yeah and so then you just start posting in groups and you can message people individually
1: yeah, you can start by commenting on pictures. And if you're not even comfortable doing that, you can start loving pictures that you like and then start commenting on them. You can join some groups that pique your interest. And when you're when you see something that's of, of interest that you have a point on, you can you can comment on the group post. If there's like you want to get out and you're more of a, a social person and you prefer meeting people face to face, you know, go to your first munch, go to your first event. Uh, munches are usually the best ways to to meet people. So, do you have, do you coordinate
0: munches? We we've spoken about munches before in terms of polyamory and other things. So, do people coordinate for your site munches and events like offline?
1: Yeah, no, we we don't do that. We uh, a lot of the communities, a lot of the cities already have tons of munches. We didn't feel like we can add much value by just doing one more munch. So, we recommend that people just look at their the events section look at the groups in their city, see what the upcoming munches are, see what the coming events are, see who's going and get out. The first one might not be for you. You might, you don't, don't be discouraged. If you go to a munch and you're like, Oh, you know what? None, nobody was the type of people who tend to go to this munch are are, are not of the same persuasion or same kink as me. Then maybe it just wasn't the right munch for you. There's other munches. There's other events don't give up.
0: Yeah, don't give up the first time. Good point.
1: You know, and a lot that's thats what a lot of people do. They have a first experience, it's a bad experience, they go away. I was that kid who, who, who loved pink and white and couldn't stand black. I only like black now because I'm fat. I would look in front of these like kink or fetish, like lineups in front of these fetish events and I'd be like, I don't fit in. There's no way I'm going to get through the door, let alone, you know, people are not going to stare at me and laugh. So I never went to the events because I was just like, it just wasn't me.
0: I think what happens a lot is if someone's going to join in this for the first time and it's something that they can relate to, the first time they go to a munch or whatever, it's probably going to feel uncomfortable. I think some people, the problem is that they associate that discomfort with, I don't like this and I'm not going to do it again, instead of pushing through it a little bit. So I think it's good advice that you give, like, it's just like, try two or three of them just to get a bit comfortable because you might just be reacting to your own comfort level and uh, you just got to push through it a little bit and then you'll find, oh, this is great. A lot of people react that way. They tend to kind of back away from it rather than
1: you, put up with you, the you, you will find your sub-community. You will find your niche. You just have to, like any smaller community, it just takes a little bit longer. It's not like, you know, looking for a book while you just go to a local bookstore. It's it's not hard. These are one of those, uh, I'm going to use the word hobbies, but it's not a hobby. Uh, well, yeah, maybe in some cases, hobbies, but it's one of the more niche things. So it, it takes a little longer to find exactly the right group that you fit in with.
0: I think a hobby sounds like a good way to put it. And it sounds like it takes a little bit of time investment. Yeah. You, you start going to meetings. I mean, it's so different from any other interest you take up in your life. It takes up a bit of time. And uh, that, that's what it sounds like to me.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say it is a hobby, but I say it's a great analogy.
0: Cool. All right. So I, w- I wanted to bring up something in case people see this in the press. In 2012, there was uh, some concern about <laughs> BDSM crossing boundaries into unwanted sexual crimes and fetal life got involved somehow. I know you, you spoke in the press and stuff. Can you just, like, talk about what happened there and why FetLife was uh, brought up?
1: To be honest, I'm not exactly sure what 2012
0: okay, was.
1: Like, can you give me a little
0: bit more info. Sure, like, uh, there was some group... Oh, well, so you have this democratic system where people can vote for uh, site changes and stuff, right? Or, and then, then you take the most wanted site upgrades and, and things like that, it seems, um, into account. So they'd voted for a change in the policy about being able to communicate people's names attached to uh, exper- individual experiences?
1: I think the, the general name for this was name the abusers, name our abusers, name the abusers. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but uh, along those lines. So yeah, we do have a voting system, but the problem with the voting system is only, there's only voting up, there's no voting down. So the most requested feature on FetLife is to uh, to offer ASL search. But if you look at the comments, in the ASL search... There's a lot of people who hate that, but they're not allowed to downvote it. 99% of the votes, uh, of the comments, are against it. So it's... Unfortunately, those votes are not completely telling.
0: Okay, so just say ASL, because I know some people may not know. Age, sex, location.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. ASL, back in the days, age, sex, location. You go into IRC, you're like <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: ASL. I, I used to stop talking to someone when they did that to me.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was this because it was always... Was ASL. I hitting on
1: you? Um name the abusers it's it's again it's one of those things that it's not an easy answer it's one of those situations that we're in that i spend tons of time thinking about it and to this day i still think about it because i don't know what the right answer is and nor do the large majority of people know so basically what the community wanted to do was to be able to publicly name people who abuse them initially when this started happening we were just like okay People can can come out and, and name people. Like we don't know what's true, we don't know what's false, we don't know,
0: we don't know anything. You don't know what slander. You don't know if someone's just uh, spreading that
1: kind of thing. So we we, we decided that after dealing with a, with a lot of these cases, that what was best is that we were not in the right position. We are not in the best position to be able to to police and say, okay, your case is led. Your case is not. and You're slandering this person. So we're going to remove these comments because you're off your rocker. And we were just like, you know what? The best place for this is in the court system. So you could talk about your situation. You can vent about your situation, but you can't name the person. So if you want to talk about it in private, you can talk about it in private and name the person. If you want to to write in your journal about something that happened to you and not name names, you're more than welcome to. But just posting and say, this person did this. You know, my thing is like, yes, I understand that the legal system, it really sucks. I've never been a woman. I've never been raped. I don't know how it is. Sorry about my phone. Um, I've, never, I've never had to go through these things. Uh, but the truth be told, the only way to prevent this person from ever hurting another person is to go through the court system. All we could do is say, OK, you go off FetLife. But it doesn't mean they're not going to go to Facebook doesn't mean they're not going to go to Twitter. It doesn't mean they're going to create an alternate profile on FetLife where it takes us six months to figure out who that person is, or even even two weeks, we didn't notice who they were, and they stayed there, they met somebody else, and they hurt that other person. Well, so the point,
0: I mean, the, po- the point is this happens everywhere. It's not like it's, in, in fact, it sounds like in FetLife, at least it gets some discussion if something does happen. Someone can post up in their journal, like you said, or even in the group, this happened to me uh, just recently. With someone I met in Fat Life, it's not cool. Um, at least there's some grounds for discussion there. Whereas um, if you go to a normal online dating site, none of none of that happens. But I just wanted to bring it up because it just seemed like it had got a fair amount of uh, press. I thought people might come across it like I had.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people hate Fat Life for it. A lot of people hate me for it. But at the end of the day, as difficult as it might be to to go uh, to the police. You know, I'm Canadian. I live in Canada. I know it's very different. I know our system's great. Uh, from what I understand, it's a little bit more accepting. If you go to the police, I mean, I've had my own situations with my own partner where we've, we've been to the police and they were super, super accepting and non-judgmental and they were were super helpful. You know, I don't know if that would have happened in the States. But at the end of the day, the only way is that we all as a community take that energy from naming names on FetLife to let's, let's report these things. Let's get these people arrested. Let's say even if I heard a very low number that only 10% of those people truly go to jail or it might even be a lower number, it doesn't matter. If it's still 10%, let's fight to get the number higher. And, and the more people we report, the more people that go, go to jail, sure, it's one in 10. But maybe we're going to put another person in jail and another person's life, I'm not going to to say ruined, but uh, one less people is going to be violated, attacked, Sexually abused. That's my take currently. Do I know in six months from now if it's going to change? No. Is it something that I'm constantly thinking about to try see if we can find a better way? Yes. Does this still come up? Does it, it doesn't come up as much as it used to.
0: Well, it's not as important as ASL. Um,
1: it's not about being important. Uh, it is it's a huge, huge. I'm not supposed to laugh. Just what you say. <laughs> um, it's not. I'm not supposed to. It's not funny. It's, 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 it's not that it's, it's, I think it's just very well known what my, what, what our stance is on the subject. If you get somebody arrested, we'll look at that paper and, and we'll temporarily ban the person until the cases, the case goes through. We're constantly iterating over our guidelines to help people out. But at the end of the day, as much as I'd love to go beat up everybody and jump onto this, the Life plane and, and knock somebody out. So they never hurt another woman. That's, that's just not the way it goes.
0: If it sounds like a reasonable strategy. Um, they can go to and file a complaint at the police. They send that to you, and then you'll, you'll take the, uh, the user off until settled and it's dealt with. But at least it goes through the, um, the system that way.
1: We'll lock them out of their account.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you for the discussion today. Is there anything we haven't covered about FetLife that you think people should know?
1: This could be a 20-part series, but just not with me because uh, I'm not really good at this stuff. FetLife's not for everybody. Kink is not for everybody. But um, if you currently don't feel like you have a home and you feel like an outsider, I think you should try Fet life out. I think you should give Fet life a try. Don't judge it within five seconds, but give Fet life a try. And maybe it'll be that home you always looked for. Um, I've always said if we could just make one person feel comfortable who they are sexually and give one people a home, I'll feel like I've, I've achieved my goal. We've definitely done that for more people but uh, than, than one. But if there's anybody in your community who... And don't be scared. Not everybody wears black. Not everybody listens to death metal. You know, I'm a perfect example. I love pink. You know, uh, I listen to rap. It's diverse it's, communities. There's a general stereotype of what a kinky person looks like, but it's not true. Right. It's, there's, there's kinky people that come in all shapes, forms, and sizes, beliefs. There's very religious kinky people. There's atheists who are kinky people. And Fet Life might be for you. And you might think that your kinks are not as extreme as other people's kinks. That's not the case. Your thing might just be balloons. You might just love balloons. There's a community for you in Fet life
0: so I, I didn't want to get this because I guess people who are interested in kink and are going to come across this is what are, what are the typical objections of people will when you talk about fet life or you talk about kink, what are the, the biggest objections you meet in your life? And they might. And so it might be an obstacle they have to overcome, um, especially if they, they become a bit more um, somewhat outgoing and, and talkative and expressive about their kink and, and their participation in fet life. It's just the kinds of situations like either through your own experience or through um, what kind of tends to happen with people. When they get involved in this, like some of their circles of friends or uh, people they know or they, or they talk about this and, you know, people react negatively to them. So they will raise some kind of ob- objections or, you know, just the kind of things, the social pushback and, and things like that, which are typical, which people may experience just to make them kind of aware of that. I find that when you know about something before it comes, it doesn't affect you so much.
1: I, I think it's the opposite. I think that uh, you'll find FetLife very well, welcoming and very warm. And that uh, it's, it's probably nothing like you expect.
0: Why is it meant for people outside of fit life? Like, so if you oh. tell someone, oh yeah, I'm playing around with this cycle fit life or...
1: Yeah, it's uh, not everybody in my family knows what I do. Of course, my parents do and the most important people in my family do. But I didn't tell my grandmother, who's now passed away. So yeah, you always just have to... Each person's life is different and you have to understand the consequences that opening up about certain things to certain people might cause in your life. The large majority of people that I personally interacted with were perfectly cool and, and thought it was really interesting, even though it wasn't for them, what I was doing at FetLife. 1% of the people never spoke to me again. And uh, it's, sad, it's sad. It sucks. They weren't meant to be in my life. Uh, but I'm lucky, I guess, with only 1%, maybe. Some people, maybe 5%. Some people in in the religious Bible belts, uh, there's very open religious people. Not everybody's like that. But it's a stereotype that, that some religious people are not, open, are not open, but there are certain areas and certain people that, that you might not talk, you might not be able to open. So so only go as open as you feel comfortable and that you think is is the proper amount of risk in your life. There's some people who can be 100% open. It will have absolutely no effect on their life. And there are some people that cannot be open ever. And it's okay. There's nothing right or wrong about it. If you want to be the president of the United States... Or of Canada, you probably don't want to put your face on Fet Life. But it's very cool if they're listening to this, this podcast, though. You probably don't want to put your face on Fet Life because it's just, it's probably not a good PR move for you. So you, if you want to be a judge or you are a judge, uh, depending on what city and what country, you might not at this point in time in your career be open. This is no different than, than uh, you know, maybe this is right or wrong, but there's some people who can be uh, 100% openly gay with everybody and there's some people who can't. Some people can be openly bisexual and some people who can't. Or you can be with part some of your friends and not all your friends. You can be with part of your family and not all your family. You just got to do what is right for you because at the end of the day, you live with your decisions. I don't live with your decisions. I only know what's best for me based on the information I have. Always trust your gut. Try to get really connected to your gut and uh, and and do what's right.
0: Thank you so much for that, John. Just want to make sure we take the box there. Where is the
1: best place for people to connect with you and FetLife? Don't ever contact me. Uh, no. Uh, FetLife, FetLife.com, F-E-T-L-I-F-E.com. It's kind of like a MetLife with an F. When I chose the name FetLife, I turned around to my best friend. I'm like, that MetLife insurance company, like, isn't this too close to it? He's like, oh, don't worry. The company went bankrupt or something like that. I haven't, I've heard, I haven't heard about that Snoopy company in a long time. I said, oh, no problem. Uh, I think it just wasn't very common in Canada or whatever TV shows we were watching at the time, but yeah, so it's MetLife with an F. Uh, just don't let them hear me say that. Um, and you can contact me at John@fetlife.com. At I am horrible with emails. I declare email bankruptcy often, but uh, there is a good chance that there's over a 50 percent chance that I will get back to you. So uh, if, you, uh, if you really want to connect, uh, send me an email. Shorter the better.
0: Great. Thanks so much for everything, John. Um, It's great talking to you and hearing all about that life.
1: Hey, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work.
0: Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.